Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our daily lives as Catholic women. I'm Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Melissa Buchan, and we are talking about her mission to help women and couples better understand their fertility and manage their reproductive health. Some women, myself included, have at some point received a diagnosis of unexplained infertility from their OB, and this frustrating news has seemingly no answers. But Melissa believes that women deserve to understand and discover the root cause behind the infertility they're they're experiencing. So if you've ever wondered if there's more to your unexplained diagnosis and you're ready for answers, sister, this letter's for you. We're welcoming Melissa Buchan to the show. Over the past 13 years, Melissa has helped numerous women and couples better understand their fertility and manage their reproductive health. She's certified through the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals, and she's the first neo-fertility advisor in the United States. The mission of her work is to empower, educate, and serve. Melissa, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to have you on the show. Chloe, it is such an honor and pleasure to be here, and I really look forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm really excited because on today's episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at the connections between body literacy and the feminine genius, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about and talk about too, why women deserve something more than just an unexplained infertility diagnosis. But before we dive in, Melissa, can you tell me about your story as a Catholic woman? I would love to share my story. It really is a journey of both physical and spiritual healing. And it transformed my life so profoundly that, as you mentioned, I've dedicated the past, um, now almost 15 years, actually, I need to update that bio, <laughs> <laughs> um, to helping women and couples understand their beautiful combined fertility and the beauty of a woman's body. So um, yeah, my story began, so in my senior year in high school, I was attending a Catholic Bible study. And it was in this Bible study that I was introduced to now St. John Paul the Great's Theology of the Body and St. Pope Paul the Sixteen Mani Vitae. And I learned for the first time about the church's teaching on human sexuality and her stance on contraception, and it absolutely blew me away. I remember thinking what I hear so many times when I give this information to women and couples, why have I never heard this before? But there was a little caveat. I was already on the pill. I, um, so I'm going to back up a couple of years because, as I mentioned, this is a journey of both physical and spiritual healing. So my junior year in high school, so first of all, I was a late bloomer, started my period after I was already driving. They were erratic. They were painful. I was always tired. And the summer of my junior year in high school, I traveled abroad as a foreign exchange student to France. And I don't remember much of that trip at all. Um, if it weren't for the pictures I took, I probably wouldn't be able to remember any of it. I was so tired and in so much pain to the point that I thought I had a kidney infection. It turned out to be horrific menstrual cramps, so bad that I didn't recognize them as such. And it was just an overall horrible experience. So as soon as I got back to the States, my mom took me to the doctor and we wanted answers. I wanted to know why I was so darn tired all the time, why I was in so much pain and why my cycles were so irregular. And the answer I was given was in the form of the birth control pill and this advice. To be healthy and responsible, you need to be on the pill. And if you ever want children, IVF is probably your best option. 
Now, granted, I was, what, 17 years old. I did not know what IVF meant. Children were nowhere in the scope of my thought process at that time. I just wanted to feel better. So I started taking the pill. And granted, I felt a little better. It does relieve some of the symptoms um, that I was experiencing. But the fatigue was still unbearable. Mood swings increased, I weight gain increased, and I just still felt horrible. But I, I just kind of piled through. So here we are, senior year of high school, I'm sitting in this Bible study, and I am introduced to this beautiful teaching on human sexuality. It really was just so eye-opening to me. But clearly, here's the thing. The narrative in my mind was, A, like I would ever meet a guy like that, like who would be on, on board with this, like radical thinking and teaching. And two, I'm already on the pill. So you know what? I have an excuse. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward. I'm in college studying biology. So I'm in um, human anatomy and physiology. We're studying reproductive anatomy and physiology. And the professor actually walks through the mechanism of how the birth control pill works. And I realized right then and there that it is doing nothing to heal my body. It's just acting as a Band-Aid, suppressing some of the symptoms. So I went home, I threw, or to back to my college dorm and threw the pack of pills in the trash. And I started looking for answers. Now, at this time, while I was studying biology, I was also really going through a reversion to my Catholic faith. I grew up Catholic, but had never really dunked deep into the Church's Beautiful Teachings. And so I was active in campus ministry, and I had learned about this idea of NFP. I had learned more. Um, I was in a study for theology of the body. So I, I knew that the church had answers to this. So I started looking um, around, and it's actually, I'm going to do a little name dropping because this couple was so profound in my journey. Um, David and Margaret B. Wright, he's the founder of 40 Days for Life. They um, they came to me, and I had... Um, I just, I knew of them. I was part of the, the Catholic campus ministry program that they were involved in. And so I went to Margaret with, with my issue. And she said, you need to start charting using the Creighton system. And you need to meet with a doctor who is trained in NAPRO technology. So that's what I did. I started charting. I received a diagnosis. And I started my path to healing my body. So at this time, I was dating a man who is now my fabulous husband. He did not grow up Catholic, and so he actually converted to the faith. It was kind of like an underground thing. He refused to become Catholic for his girlfriend, but we would have all of these deep theological conversations. So he started attending RCIA in secret, um, and then when he made the decision, he, he shared it with me. So then as we were discerning marriage and in our engagement, I was going through this process of learning to chart for health. Um, and, and navigating that. And he, I remember as he's going through our CA, he mentioned to me, have you ever heard of this thing, uh, natural family planning? Like, this is something we should talk about. And I immediately went back to that um, high school Bible study where I had that thought, like I would ever meet a guy who would be on board with this. <laughs> so we began talking and exploring and, and really um, understanding even deeper the church's stance on contraceptive and that beautiful teaching to the point, Chloe, that um, he had just become Catholic. We were engaged 
And because I've been told that I might not be able to have children, <laughs> he said, well, you know, the purpose of marriage is, is to build a family. And if you can't have children, maybe not, we're not called to marriage. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm called to the priesthood, oh, priesthood wow. instead. Talk about a stab in the heart. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what? So, so luckily he worked through that and we did get married and we've been <laughs> happily married for uh, 16 years now. So that's how I got involved in this. Again, both physical and spiritual healing. And it had such an impact on my life that um, when my, so uh, more to the story, told I would never have children, we actually um, conceived our daughter on our wedding night. Oh, wow. And this is from a woman who I would have maybe, if we're talking about periods today, so I'm going to get, <laughs> yeah. gonna get into the details, I would have two, maybe three periods a year. Wow. I was, it was just, it really was, I mean, our bodies were, were physical or spiritual. It was just such a beautiful um, wedding gift. And then when my daughter was about 18 months old, I applied for and went through the Great Model um, Fertility Care Practitioner Program in Omaha. So that's how kind of the back end story of why I do what I do. Oh, that's beautiful. I love the witness. Like you said, there's these these threads of physical healing and then also spiritual healing and seeing how the Lord wove those together throughout your stories, starting in high school and then being able to then have this mission of, of helping women learn more about their fertility and your story is just absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's dive in to fertility awareness and, and how you help women and couples discover their, and manage their fertility. So you're the first neo-fertility advisor in the United States. That's incredible. And you, learning about you through your website is actually the first time that I heard about neo-fertility. So for listeners who are in the same boat as I am and who are hearing about neo-fertility for the first time, can you tell us more about what that is and how that impacts women's health? Yeah, so neo-fertility is kind of the new kid on the block and in the world of fertility awareness. It actually isn't even officially recognized as such yet. We're working on getting uh, published studies um, out there, and, and that really kind of is what, if you have the published um, studies of the efficacy of it, but really fertility awareness, it's all the same basic biology, the same basic principles. So um, neo-fertility is one of the approaches of, of charting your uh, cycle for fertility awareness, for family planning, or for health evaluation. And yes, I am the first neo-fertility advisor in the United States. There's not even yet an official training program. So I have the great honor and privilege to be mentored directly by Dr. Phil Boyle out of Dublin, Ireland, who is the founder of Neo-Fertility. We meet together weekly, and he is just such an incredible and giving physician. He does have a cohort of Neo-Fertility advisors in the UK, specifically in Ireland. And then um, we have an agreement that I am able to offer his his, um, approach here um, in the United States in my online program called Chart Your Cycle. So Neo-Fertility, much like other methods of fertility awareness, whether it be FEM or the Creighton model or um, Justice, which I don't know if that one has a medical management model, um, it, it's teaching women to chart their cycle according to a medical management model so that your well-charted cycle is not only an empowering tool for knowing your body, but it is a diagnostic tool for getting mm-hmm. to the root cause of health issues as well. That's really beautiful, especially to have that that added component of being able to be a diagnostic tool, because then it really opens up the conversation, not just between a woman and maybe her spouse if she's married, but then also with her her medical care team to be able to look at that together. 
That is so important. I'm a huge proponent of self-advocacy, and I firmly believe that every woman should show up to her annual well-woman exam exam with a well-charted cycle in hand. That allows the woman to talk at the level of the physician rather than the physician assuming that the woman does not know about her body, is not well-educated, and so then he speaks down to her. Doctors are doing incredible work, but they cannot, they do not have the time to teach women about their bodies and how they work. So if you show up, being educated and well-informed, that takes the conversation to a whole nother level. Yeah. And then it also just gives women the ability to, to leave that appointment without feeling degraded or like that, that their symptoms are, are not worth worrying about or things like that or feeling like they're dismissed, but instead to be able to encounter those conversations and really feel like you have a place at the table because you do, because it's your body. Exactly. We, we know our bodies. We are very intuitive. And um, yes, it, it is a beautiful journey. So a lot of times I've had this experience when women want to learn more about their fertility and their cycle charting due to an experience of infertility. So maybe the reason that they're interested in charting is learning more about their body with the desire to conceive a child. But if they've received a diagnosis of infertility through their OB, a lot of them, including myself, have heard that they have unexplained infertility, which can be, it's nice to have a diagnosis, but it's frustrating to have a diagnosis that seemingly is unexplainable. It doesn't have any answers. Um, can you talk about why women deserve to understand and discover the root cause behind the infertility that they are experiencing? Yeah, let's begin by acknowledging that unexplained infertility is not a diagnosis. And we can dig deeper. Unfortunately, a lot of women are dismissed. They're not able to achieve a pregnancy. The doctors aren't for sure why. And so they're pushed into the artificial reproductive technology route, IUI and IVF. We must acknowledge that these are big money-making operations. And there is a big interest uh, through pharmaceutical companies. We could do a whole podcast on that. I'm not going to get on that soapbox today. But um, it's not enough to say I've been given this diagnosis of unexplained infertility. So sometimes women have to take it into their own hands to find other avenues of treatment. And this is where in my program, I think I'm also trained as an integrative health coach and I take a coaching approach. So we are not only educating women about their body, but we're empowering them and we're also supporting them in creating a a web of support of people who will meet them where they're at and respect their desires to get answers and also work within an ethical and moral framework that meets the the client or the patient's desires. So that is so very important. As Catholic women, IUI and IVF are not options. And so a restorative approach, which I think is the right approach for every woman, no matter your creed or religious belief, it is very important that uh, Catholic women have access to our what I call RRM, restorative reproductive medicine. So with a restorative approach, we're first charting the cycle, and that's the foundational diagnostic tool. So we want to look at the overall basic pattern and the parameters within a well-charted cycle. So for example, we're looking at the bleeding pattern. Um, In my program, I teach into a medical management model. So we're first and foremost observing external mucus observations, learning how to chart that according to estrogenic qualities. Then we can add secondary biomarkers such as temperature or maybe um, at-home hormonal tests. So we're looking at this. I, this is where patients' persistence and um, 
just a little bit of, of sticking with it to collect the data, it pays off. We want about 90 days of data or about three well-charted cycles. So we can look and start evaluating those parameters. But in that time, we also want to, to look at a hormonal analysis, specifically a hormonal panel on cycle day three and then on P plus seven. And for those of you who can be like, what the heck is P plus seven? What is she talking about? Well, in mainstream medicine, this is known as cycle day 21 blood draw, where you're looking at progesterone and estradiol, um, the levels and the ratio between the two. But here's the, the kind of pitfall of that. Only 13% of women consistently ovulate on cycle day 14. So if you have long cycles or erratic cycles, a cycle day 21 draw is really not going to be a good investigative um, draw. So P plus seven, P meaning the peak day, which identifies the ovulatory event. Seven days after that is the medluteal phase. And this is where we need to draw and evaluate those, those blood levels. So this is kind of the, the first foundational approach. And then it's not enough to know if you ovulated, yes or no, but the quality of that ovulation. So many times there will be ordered a follicular ultrasound study or series where you are having daily ultrasounds of the follicular development around the time of ovulation to make sure that the egg properly matures, develops, and it is properly released from the ovary and the proper development of a corpus luteum. Okay, so I'm starting to get into the weeds, getting technical here, so I'm going to pull it back. So with this information, a RRM doctor in the United States, NAPRO technology is one of the, the most common and well-accessible um, forms out there, great training program. And, and so they're able, and so with the NAPRO, they typically will do a P plus three, five, seven, nine, and 11 blood draw. So you're going in every other day for those bloods. Um, and so then the doctor evaluates, and then they come up with a customized treatment plan. And yes, there are some standard protocols, but it's customized to the individual. So depending on what the results and the investigation has uncovered, that will depend on what protocol and what treatment plans you will receive. So it's not a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter approach. So then you go through the healing process, the normalizing the cycles. Um, sometimes surgery is involved. And you balance the cycle. And then it's about once that cycle is balanced and, and fertility is, is optimized, it's about enjoying that process. The desire for this child is so strong. And the cross of infertility can sometimes feel unbearable. And it turns the act of creating a child into a task. And here we are divorcing. So contraception divorces the babies from the bonding, right? Because the intercourse is created by God, has a twofold purpose, procreation and the, the bonding, the, the relationship aspect between the husband and wife. So contraception divorces those, but so does, um, so can the struggle of infertility where it's all about making the baby and sacrificing the bonding. So with this approach, it's about restoring and then really focusing. And this is where a health coach approach, an integrative health coach approach is so important, reducing stress, focusing on uh, um, prioritizing the relationship. So that is both about the bonding as much as, as the desire to to procreate. And if not able to, then then coming to acceptance and healing and exploring options. That's a process of discernment. What does parenthood look like for you? Is it spiritual parenthood? Is it adoptive parenthood? Um, and and so it's it's a journey. It is a journey. It's 
no matter the result, it's a journey of healing and of growth and ultimately of, of proper discernment. Right, right. I think too, what a revolutionary concept for couples who have been told that there's an unexplained infertility that, you know, we, you know, we don't know if we can get down to the root of it, but then to instead be offered an alternative that, that not only, yeah, like acknowledges what they're going through, but then gives them a customized plan according to their bodies and, and their hormonal patterns and, and their cycle, but then also really encourages them in this season of discernment and, and with a, with a team of people to come alongside them. That is so completely different um, than I think what the average woman experiences when she's told that she has unexplained infertility. Oh, Chloe, you're so right. And I talked to so many women who have gone through the path of IUI and IVF and I hear it again and again that this is so very different. And women have shared with me at this point, I don't even care if I get pregnant. I'm feeling listened to. I'm feeling like a person. That speaks volumes to the contrast of an approach like restorative reproductive medicine and art, artificial reproductive technologies. When women are listening, maybe they are experiencing infertility and they're hearing us toss around terms like peak day or ovulation or charting your cycle, and maybe even those concepts are completely foreign to them. And so charting their fertility can seem daunting or seemingly impossible, um, especially when maybe their healthcare provider is offering them a quote unquote easier alternative like hormonal birth control. From your perspective and your experience as a fertility coach, why should women take time to learn about how their body is designed when it comes to fertility awareness? Well, first and foremost, I hear time and time again when women come into my program, they, they speak this to me with a, a feeling of frustration and guilt. And it's, why have I not heard about this before? And when a woman comes to me with those words, we stop, we acknowledge what they're feeling the guilt or the frustration and we work on releasing that because you can't change the past. You are where you need to be right now and you are learning this information. Women are really empowered through knowing their bodies. So, so for, you know, in working with my program or a program like mine, there are a lot of really incredible fertility awareness coaches and educators out there. It's first and foremost about learning how your body works and how to track that. So um, I guess the best way to kind of complete the answer to that question, can I share a little bit about like what the structure would look like in my program? Okay, all right, because um, I, I can speak to exactly you know, how I work with women. Um, I know each program is a little bit different. So when a woman comes into my program, if they're interested, which is since we're talking about infertility, um, I work with, with all women, whether I say I work with a reproductively diverse group of women, women struggling with infertility and hyperfertility and everything in between. But since we've kind of geared this conversation toward infertility, I will speak to those women in my program. So as soon as they enroll in the program, they have immediate access to the Chart Your Cycle Foundations course. And I have created this program. I've been doing this work for almost 15 years now. It was originally just exclusively one-on-one. -on -one. But I'm going to back up here a little. When I moved to Houston, Houston's a hot spot for IVF, but it's also a hot spot for NAPRO technology. We have four fellowship-trained NAPRO surgeons in our area. So my program could not meet the demand of the women who were coming to me. So I had to rethink it. So a year ago, I launched the Chart Your Cycle program. So when women enter the program, they have immediate access to the Chart Your Cycle Foundations course. They will work through that. We're focusing on mindset. So many women if they're struggling with infertility and they're Catholic, 
they are being told they have to chart their cycle, A, because their church tells them to, and B, because their doctor tells them to. It becomes an, an, a burden to them. Or it can become a burden to them. My goal for every woman in my program is to unwrite that script. I want this to be a daily empowerment practice. I want them to choose to chart their cycle, and I want it to transform their lives and their relationships. So we really focus on why they're in the program and approaching it from a positive mindset. Then we dig into anatomy and physiology. Every woman needs to know how their body works, like the back of their hand. I walk them through the five microhabit approach for checking for external mucus. We'll add on additional biomarkers if needed in the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Then we'll apply protocols if, for example, they are charting for family planning. A lot of programs, they'll teach how to chart and then apply the protocols. I take a different approach. I teach A, mindset, B, how the body works, C, how to chart well, and then D, kind of the natural consequence of it all is the protocols. But charting your cycle is as much an art as it is a science. And I see women coming into problems when they will utilize protocol at the expense of common sense. So we have to be able to know the science and the protocol and when to troubleshoot specific situations. Specifically for, for family planning, especially if you're discerning and feeling called to, um, to space uh, pregnancies. But, but back to the, to the infertility component now. So once you've worked through that program, you start charting. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this, but I am a co-developer of the Neo Fertility app, or it's called Chart Neo. Um, it's available on the app and Play Store. So uh, we're a small team of three, Dr. Phil Boyle, our wonderful software developer, AJ, who is in Florida, and myself. And we have created this tool that allows the chart to be digitally recorded in a HIPAA and GDPR compatible platform. So we do acknowledge your chart as a confidential health record. So they start charting on this tool, and then we offer them ongoing support. I take a coaching model. So it's 10% content, 10% strategy, and 80% being properly supported. So we have a Facebook group where we have weekly live Q&As, and it's a community of like-minded women on this journey together. I have Secure Messaging Center where um, Monday through Friday, our team offers 24-hour turnaround. So your coach will get back to you within 24 hours um, during the week if you do have a charting question. They're able to access your, access your chart as soon as that's submitted, evaluate it, and get back to you. We offer group coaching calls. And then um, some women who are in our confidence program, um, they, they have access to monthly one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching calls as well. We have the connect level where it's a group coaching platform and then the confidence level where it's both group and that one-on-one um, -on -one component as well. So we're always addressing the primary goal is to learn how to chart your cycle well. And then we establish a secondary goal as well following a, a will of health, um, utilizing integrative health coaching concepts. So that was a really long-winded answer, Chloe. But with this approach to infertility, yes, we're getting into the science. We're connecting them with a doctor. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but we do work to connect them with an RRM doctor. One of the many blessings of this global pandemic is that telemedicine has really taken off. There are a lot of fabulous doctors doing really fabulous work through telemedicine. So if we cannot locate somebody within a, a drivable distance, 
we will connect you with somebody who offers telemedicine. I have women that I work with from around the world, United States, Canada, Australia, Africa, the UK, and Europe. And we work hard to build a global network um, of, of physicians as well. So I'm constantly reaching out to physicians, um, teaching them about the platform that we use and, and uh, connecting women to physicians. So that's the medical application, but then there's this coaching application as well, offering them the support, focusing on lifestyle changes, using the alternative cycle as the barometer of overall health. That's incredible. Also, how beautiful it is for women to know that they're not alone, regardless of the desire that they have for charting. Um, but to know that they're yes, not. And it can yeah. feel so It can feel lonely because mm-hmm. it's not mainstream. I don't know if it'll ever be mainstream. I hope it is. Right. <laughs> One of my goals is that every woman shows up. I think I mentioned this to a well-woman exam with the well-charted cycle yeah. in hand. But let's acknowledge that this is not mainstream. Actually, mm-hmm. only I think, what is it, 10% of Catholics right. um, actually practice NFP. So, so we have a long way to go um, in and really making this mainstream, but I'm not going to give up that fight any day soon. Amen. Yeah. I think how beautiful it is. And when in, in off screen real life, I, I run into a woman and we have the chance to connect about fertility awareness. And it's just such a beautiful experience to know that there's someone out there who's also, yeah, who's also wanting to be literate in the way that their body works. And so to, to experience that mm-hmm. in a group setting must be so beautiful. Yes, it is. It is to, to be able to connect women together and they can share their victories and their struggles. Mm. You know, on Letters to Women, we are we're really focused on this idea that the feminine genius that that it's not kind of this vague, uh, untangible or unreachable idea in a Catholic woman's life, but it, but it, that it's it's tangible and that every woman is in possession of the feminine genius. As you've worked as a fertility coach, what connections do you see between body literacy for women and the ability to embrace the feminine genius in their daily lives as Catholic women? Well, it's just also connected. I don't think that there's any way to unconnect it. It just, it goes hand in hand. Um, when women understand their bodies, so women are not little men, <laughs> right? And we, and we know this is Catholics, right? Like this is no new concept, to yep. us, but unfortunately it's a controversial co- um, uh, concept in the secular world. But women compliment men. Men, they are so predictable. If they were to chart, they would be fertile every single day, and they're always raring to go. Women, we are a beautiful interplay. Um, we're a hormonal roller coaster. One week, we may be full of this beautiful, creative energy with a strong desire to connect to others. And then a mere seven to 10 days later, we just want to curl up on the couch with a hot cup of tea and take a long nap. And we beat ourselves up because we, the world is telling us we have to compare ourselves and perform at the level of, of men. And we are not wired that way. So to understand, oh, I'm needing a nap and I really need to maybe alternate my diet, my workout, my prayer, everything that I do because I'm in the luteal phase, especially if there's a hormonal imbalance and, and PMS is something that you suffer with. Or you know what? When estrogen is high, I'm on my A game. Cluster your appointments, do your creative writing, tackle your to-do list, and then give yourself time and space and grace when you need rest, when you need a little extra TLC. So that, to me, it's just, if we listen to our bodies, we cannot live out the feminine genius. It's impossible. I mean, it's just, it's undeniable. There's just such a logical connection there. I just think in this busy world and with the widespread use of contraception, we need it. We mute the feminine, feminine genius and we're unable to listen to it. 
So by charting our cycle, it really opens our ears to what our body is communicating. And how much differently if we're in tune to our bodies and living out this feminine genius because those are so intertwined, how much so that would change the way we eat, the way we work out, the way we work, the way we sleep, the way we, everything. There's not one portion of our life that would that would remain untouched when we are. Yeah, when that's we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. One of the, the things I love that we do in my program when we when we open the group coaching calls, we always start with a mindful awareness exercise, and then we go into check-ins, and everybody checks in, and one of the things that they check in is where they are in their cycle and how they're doing, what their energy level is like, and everybody's at a different phase. And so their energy levels are at a different phase. Their struggles are, are looking a little different depending on where they are in their cycle. Um, with my team, it's of no, um, it's not unusual at all to, to let a team member know that, you know what, I'm, I'm probably going to be a little unresponsive or a little slow to respond if I'm a few days from starting my period, um, that I'm needing a little extra TLC time. And I expect my team to communicate that to me as well because I want them to be able to, to create the time and space that they need when they are in that phase of their cycle. And I'm all for encouraging them to try new things, to take risks, and to really lean into their creativity when they're in that follicular phase. So it's really amazing. If you can support a woman as to where she is in her cycle, it's just, I don't know, like I'm smiling because it's natural, it's fulfilling, it's just how we are created to be as women. Mm. So for listeners who are listening and they're thinking, I want some of that. I want the beauty of knowing a team who's surrounding me as I'm learning about my fertility. I want to dive past this, this idea of an unexplained infertility or regard, you know, regardless of what their desires are for charting, that they want support. Where can listeners connect with you online and learn more about Chart Your Cycle? Oh, so just type in my name, melissabucken.com. Pretty, pretty easy, straightforward. So check out my website, melissabucken.com. Um, we're always offering um, different different promotions. I'm not for sure when this podcast will um, air, but one of my coaches, um, Coach Hava, she's actually offering a, a free masterclass on the five cycle patterns. Um, but that's actually coming up really soon. So that might be be passed. But get on our get on our email list and you'll know we, we send information out every week about upcoming um, events. You can also schedule a discovery call. So we love to interview the women who come into the program. Uh, so a 20-minute discovery call, you can share a little bit about what your situation is, what you're looking for. You'll learn more of the details about our program and the coaches that we have to, to support you um, and go from there. Beautiful. Well, so we talked a lot about the feminine genius today, but I would love to to end our conversation with a question that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast, which is, how do you live out the feminine genius as a woman who's passionate about helping other women learn about the truth of their fertility? Um, just like in the work that I do, it's so ingrained into my daily life that I can't not live it out. And it's it's just been part of of, of who I am and what I do for so long. And I feel so very blessed. I really feel that it's part of my charism as who I am as as a coach, as an educator, and as a mother. Um, But from a personal level, something that I'm very intentional is breaking down the taboo. Um, There's no period shaming in our house. There is no shaming about the female body in our house. I have a daughter who's a teen. I have two young boys and an amazing husband. And you may hear us talking about periods and female health at the dinner table. Um, if my daughter is feeling premenstrual, she is not at all ashamed for telling us about that. And my son will go make her a cup of tea. I'm like, he's going to be one heck of a husband someday. 
And so it's just this conversation that uh, we understand that the woman's body is differently than a man's body and that she deserves a special kind of respect. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. Um, it's not always easy. I'm going to leave. I want to share this story with you. So right now, as we're recording this, um, so my, my office is at home. I work out of my home. And right outside of my office are the stairs leading upstairs. And so I was working one day, just finished up with a client call. And my daughter was not feeling well. She was you know, PMSing, um, having some cramps. And she went and grabbed a heating pack. And she glared at me from the stairs. And she said, Mom, I feel miserable right now. But one day, I'm sure I'm going to thank God for my ability to bring life into this world. And it was just such a candid, authentic, like, it sucks right now, child. But but she recognizes that it's, it's, it's something more, it's something greater than the pain that she was going through at that time. And I just, I'm thankful daily that, that God has called me to this work. Believe me, there are many times where I'm like, this is too much, I want to get out. And he calls me back into it again and again and again. So um, it's just something that, yeah, it, it's, it's not, I think me living out the sin and Jesus genius. It's God who's placed it in my heart and it's just me humbly saying yes to him. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story as a Catholic woman. And also, yeah, you're just the passion and mission that you have to share with women, what it means to be literate about their body and to know, know what their body is created for by the Lord and, and their fertility and how to manage that. So thanks so much, Melissa. This has been beautiful. Oh, Chloe, it was so so much fun talking to you. I hope that we can have another conversation in the future. Amen. Yeah, there's so much more to dive into that we could definitely have multiple, multiple podcast episodes on this. Yes. <laughs> yes, and God bless your work and your beautiful podcast. And thank you for being such a light and a resource to women. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. If you head over to my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com, or just scroll down if you're listening in a podcast player to check out the show notes, you'll find resources like a link to Melissa's website, Chart Your Fertility, and some links to subscribe to the Letters to Women newsletter so you don't miss any updates about the new Letters to Women book that's going to be published by Tan in early 2021. The editing process of the book is totally done and out of my hands, which is such a great feeling. So all we're waiting on is final copy editing, and then we'll start seeing things like book covers and layouts, which is really exciting, and pre-order links. So right now, It's slotted for publication in early, early spring of 2021, but make sure you're signed up for that newsletter that is linked in the show notes so that you can stay in the loop and be the first to know. You can subscribe and review Letters to Women in your podcast players, especially iTunes. That helps different women find this podcast as a resource. That is all I have for today's episode. Be sure to tune back in. We have some really fun episodes lined up for you in the upcoming months, especially some that are really fun about preparing for Advent and for intentional gift giving. So make sure you're subscribed to Letters to Women and you will never miss a new episode. So until next time, be not afraid.